Welcome to Choice Chat, a podcast hosted by Choice Partners National Cooperative, where we highlight key information from our awarded vendors, our members, and others that are critical to the success of a purchasing co-op. Remember, if you have to make a choice, make the right choice. Choice Partners. Hello, good morning, and welcome to the second episode of Choice Chat. This is Jeff Drury, Senior Director of Choice Partners National Cooperative. Today, we're going to talk about the paper business. We've got Joe Jordan with Oval, formerly known as Bosworth Papers. He's the VP of Business Papers, and uh, the title is Paper. Pack a bucket of patience. That's a little tease because it's a very, very strange time in the paper industry, and we'll kind of unwrap uh, a lot of the details as the podcast progresses. Just one quick reminder: it's a Choice Partners contract twenty-one slash oh seven one KN, as in Christy Nichols dash one. Okay, it's time to bring on the star of the show. We're going to introduce Joe Jordan talk a little bit about some of his experience uh, with Choice and, uh, and and see how it's helped him with his business, growing the business. And, and uh, I know that he's been with Choice Partners, Harris County Department of Ed, affiliated since the mid-80s, so you go back a, a long way. The only thing that says is that, Joe, we're, we're kind of both old. But, uh, <laughs> anyway, so, Joe, I just, I, I just want to say welcome, hello, and good morning, and uh, tell us a little bit about... Uh, how you work with Choice, uh, what the relationship is, is it a, a decent percentage of your business, is it a, is it a spec, or, or uh, how, we, how we integrate with either Oval slash Bosworth. Uh, a lot of people around here, the older, older school people know Bosworth, but obviously Oval is the multinational company, parent company now. Yeah, we've, um, I'm still, I have a lot of customers that still call me Joe Bosworth, quite frankly, because I've been with Bosworth for my entire life. It might as well be my last name. It was a family-owned business. We owned it for 41 years. It was great. And um, this organization, I, you know, I guess going back to Harris County, was one of our first customers back in the early 80s. And we kind of grew that into becoming a, a partner on the contract. And it has grown and been a very important part of our business. It's a very significant part of what we do in Houston right now. Uh, as far as an exact percentage, I, you know, I couldn't bolt it down, but it's, it's, it's a big chunk of what we do and it's extremely important to what we do for both our organization here in Houston as well as the vendors that we represent. I mean, they all know uh, your organization and they value your business and they work very hard uh, just like we do, to take care of the membership, because at the end of the day, that's really truly what it's all about. Um, you know, through this time that we've been working in with the pandemic and logistics and, and, and mill shutdowns and repositioning and stuff that'll be talked about later, um, I guess one of the things that I'm proud of that we've been able to do is we have not run the core membership team out of product. Now, maybe they can't get it in 20 minutes like they want it to, but we're subject to allocation with all our suppliers. So we're working diligently behind the scenes to get product, source product. And if for some reason product A isn't available, then we're going the distance to try and find an alternative to try and get them out of a jam. So we're very cognizant of what our customers are doing because, again, I've been doing this for my entire career, so I'm familiar with 
uh, dealing with schools, working with schools, how they operate with budgets, what their timelines are. Um, and I try to make sure that each one of the members has got my personal cell phone, my email to give me a call anytime because we all, because, you know, it sounds trite, but we're all, we are all in this together as we yep. work through this time. So, and that's, that's one of the other things I wanted to talk about is that there have been not only this year, but two or three years ago, which we may touch on in a, in a minute also, uh, some of the, the crazy things that have gone in, gone on in your business, but you've made it a point, which is, I think, a little bit rare just in, in the general business is, hey, Jeff, I got to have a meeting with you and, and, and Arlita and Christy or the key players over there to say, here's the update. Here's what's coming on. These are some letters from our manufacturers. These are some of the market dynamics. And that's one of the things that really helps us when uh, when people are calling us or calling some of the uh, folks in, in processing or contract managers. What's going on? What's why? How come I can't get paper? You know, and instead of pointing fingers, say, you know, we want to help you, but we, we can only help you as far as, as logistically and and as much as these plants can produce. Now, let's talk a little bit about who you are, where you're from, Bosworth, the uh, transition to Oval and maybe your upbringing, education, just a little bit of the history of uh, what brings us to, to today with you. Sure, I was born in Detroit, Michigan, and I am a second generation paper person. My dad was a mill rep for what is now Nina Paper Company. And uh, he moved to, we moved to Chicago when he took a job with Hammer Mill. And one of his customers was in Houston, Texas and was called Bosworth Papers, and he had always had an idea to own his own company. So he and a friend pooled their resources and bought Bosworth in 1973. And one of the items as the sale was, was being negotiated was that the Bosworth name remained. And so it had a great name and been in the market since 1924. So we stayed as Bosworth Papers. Uh, I went to St. Thomas High School here in Houston, went on to the University of Texas at Austin, uh, got a degree in marketing as well as international business, came back to the family company uh, in 1983 and uh, started work there and uh, been out in sales pretty much ever since. Um, have enjoyed it immensely. It's a, it's a great industry, a lot of great people uh, that have been involved. And we ran the company for 41 years and in 2013 we were approached uh, by another firm and uh, they were interested in expanding their footprint in Texas. They had already uh, purchased a company, ran a place called Western BRW Paper up in Dallas and it was a good fit for them, it was a good fit for us. So in early 2014, uh, we sold Bosworth and um, we still maintain, we went to business as, went to market as Bosworth. And as they continued to add companies throughout the United States, uh, the parent company was Japan Pulp and Paper out of Tokyo, Japan. And they changed the name to Oval. And so we are Oval USA Houston. And I report to our Dallas operation, which reports to our New York office. So the interesting thing is we've got the horsepower and the backing financially, but we can still work with our customers in what I choose to do as a family business. So we try and engage and do the best of both. Very, very nice. Yeah, that one thing that's impressive is uh, the beginning of the Bosworth name. It lasted nearly 90 or so years. You don't see that very often. I mean, that's a big deal. One of, the, one of the things I wanted to talk about, a little personal thing that we talk about from time to time, gearhead. What does that mean? I am a car guy. 
Um, anybody that knows me knows that to be a fact. Um, I have an amazing wife that puts up with it. Um, I'm a, a big race fan. Love to go to Car Week out in California. Been there several times. I've got some toys in the garage and um, enjoy that immensely, quite frankly. Get a lot of fun with it. So, yeah. Very, very nice. Okay. All right. Well, now let's, we're going to move on into what I deem the meat of this thing. Why did we entitle this segment paper Pack a Bucket of Patience? We're going to talk about the market conditions and some of the crazy things going on uh, in today's market. So this is this is the fun part, Joe. I think I'm going to wind you up a little bit and let you talk because you know more about this than most people. A lot of us, obviously, 100% of us are have lived the pandemic, stored toilet paper in the living room and all that type stuff. But you have a little bit more of, a, of an insight and, and specific a little bit of the background of, of, of the pulp required and things like that. You might talk about that, but, but why we talked about a bucket of patients, why every day you say most of your calls are saying, I don't have paper for you. A lot of our customers out there are saying, why don't we have paper? And they're not getting any explanations. They have no clue. And so what I want to do is bring a, a subject matter expert, a market expert with decades of experience. Tell us a little bit about why everybody is where they are today. Sure. Um, in a nutshell, to sum it up, probably in one sentence would be that capacity is just not in line with demand right now. Um, when the pandemic hit, I mean, one of the last things I thought was ever going to happen in my lifetime is that I would thought that I would see schools close. And majority of my business is built around schools, tax supported and taking care of uh, those types of organizations. And when they all dramatically, when the world stopped on March 13th, um, they all closed and the demand curve was like a bowling ball rolling off the table. I mean, there was, there was just nothing there. And so you have product that's in the pipeline coming in, expecting to be moving out. You've got open purchase orders for customers that you're going to ship in, in a week or two after it arrives. All of it stopped. Customers canceled their POs because they were forced to buy PPE and spend their budgets that way. So, and of course, it's just a chain reaction back up the line. The mills shut down. And then as everything was shut down for several months, a lot of organizations took a look at their industry, looked at their business and trying to figure out what they were going to be doing moving forward because government entities all they all use a lot of paper and when these things get shut down and get interrupted it causes big issues uh, domestic mills took out 535,000 tons of production at the same time that schools reopened and so if you think of a ton as like a pallet of paper okay so that's 535,000 pallets of paper that were just not going to be made anymore operating rates which is an industry metric. They've been running at 98% in June, and they'll probably be in the high 90s for the next 12 months. And the best analogy to that, it would be like your automobile. If you've got a Toyota Corolla, maybe it can go 97 miles an hour. But if you ran the, that car at that rate of speed for 24 hours a day, seven days a week, you're gonna have mechanical problems. And the mills are no different. These are machines that manufacture product. It doesn't matter if it's coated paper, if it's copied paper, if it's colored paper, but if it's cover paper or what type it is, these, these machines need to have um, downtime for maintenance. And so you go from 
a period where you've got no demand in a lot of product. And then when the schools wake up again, as vaccines are developed and we try to get back to normal, we snap back in the other direction. So what ends up happening is, is everybody comes back, they've all got their budgets, they all need to restock the barn because they ran it down to zero. And so it's kind of put us in the situation that we're in. There were three major manufacturers in North America, Boise, IP, and Domtar, and they all made significant changes to their models uh, during the pandemic. Boise has become more of a, uh, a regional mill focused around their International Falls, Minnesota operation. And I think they may still be looking at some items there as to what they're going to do. They converted a lot of stuff to liner board. Domtar made some changes uh, going into the pulp business instead of making finished product at some of their mill locations. And International Paper is doing similar things. So there's not as much domestic copy paper product out there available as there used to be. The market abhors a vacuum. And so these items need to be filled and imports are there. Then you start factoring other stuff as far as logistics. And, um, and we can talk about that if you'd like as well, as far as what's going on, as far as logistics goes. Well, a couple of things you mentioned, 535 tons. You said a ton, it's approximately a pallet. 535,000, I'm sorry, yeah. 535,000 pallets of paper. Uh, no matter how you slice it, I mean, you know, if you divide by 50 states, that's 10,000, you know, I, I don't know, what is that, 100,000, it's a whole lot. <laughs> it's 10,000 10, pallets per state in a big state like Texas, maybe 40, 50,000. You start putting that those numbers together, those are serious numbers. The other thing you mentioned, and uh, we've had this discussion in the past, is a lot of these folks have uh, transitioned to liner board. And I think it's, uh, I don't, you know more about it than I do. It's either easier or, or they can make more money or whatever. And, and the, the demand for that is, you know, Amazon just went through the roof during the pandemic. That's all the cartons. That's all the boxes. That's all the stuff that you get delivered to your house, all that type stuff. A lot of these plants are like, there's no kids in school. Amazon's going through the roof. People are getting stuff delivered to their house. They're not going to the grocery store. Guess what? Guess what we're going to make? And it's not copy paper. Correct. 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 And a lot of folks, there's a lot of changes that have taken place that I don't think are going to go away. More and more people got comfortable shopping online. So I think that's going to continue. Um, and you've seen it with all the major retailers. But in our industry, some things that happened during this year as the mills uh, reorganized and, and restructured their go-to-market strategy is, you know, we've seen paper reservations or allocation even outright rejection of business. Uh, some mills have said, you know what, we just don't want that business anymore. And that's something that's really, we've never experienced in the past. So a lot of folks in the reseller merchant community have had to, re have had to kind of re uh, refocus on their sources of supply, which again, being part of Oval, we have a glo global footprint. The only place where we don't have an operation is in Antarctica or on every continent. Um, so this has been very positive for us. We've got partners that we work with on a regular basis. I've got folks that I deal with in Northern Europe several times a week. And I've got great partners in Mondi, for example, they're you know, a huge partner. And we've got some other folks in South America that take care of other of our divisions. So we're becoming more and more international. Um, the other thing I found was interesting was recycled paper. We've got a lot of folks that like recycled paper. It's not as big as 
regular copy paper. But one of the interesting things was with the school and home transition last year, there was not a lot of fine paper that was going into the recycled stream because schools do a great job recycling paper. So do uh, businesses. And since everybody's worked at home, a lot of that changed. So that has been difficult for some of different yeah. organizations. So very, very, yeah, that, that, that's interesting. Also, a couple other things that, uh, that you've mentioned, just, I know you, one of the things I, I talked about before is that your updates and your meetings here and keeping us informed, uh, six loads, truckloads of goods, whether it's widgets, whether it's mops, brooms, food, furniture, whatever, uh, six loads for every truck available out there. I mean, that, that's, that's gotta be another thing that's, that's, uh, that's been killing, killing the business because the paper is very dependent on this very, very weight heavy type thing for not a lot of dollars, very dependent on the, on the freight and the, and the cost of, uh, transporting goods. It is. It's, it's been tied up in a lot of the different cost increases that we've seen in the past year. You know, our input costs, we've had two major huge increases. Our cost of goods is up between 30 and 35% on copy paper since the spring. A big part of that is that load ratio of you know, having six loads for every truck that's available. I mean, again, if a guy can, can make a shorter haul, making more money, hauling a different product, then that's, that's kind of the business that we're in. Um, the chemicals that are used in the paper making process have all increased because we've all seen what happened to the price of oil. Um, corrugated has gone up, packaging has gone up, and again, the distribution and the freight. So these are all things that I hope as we move through the fourth quarter will begin to moderate, but I'm not 100% sure of that. A lot of the indications that I'm getting from my coworkers and my teammates and our vendor partners are that this market that we're in could easily last, particularly with the freight aspect, could easily last like this through uh, spring. And, you know, so we're just basically asking all of our customers, everybody's trying to fill the barn right now. Kids are back and I'm working with our customers and asking everybody to pack, pack some patience because uh, it's a, half the phone calls I get is where is my material? And it's on the floor, it's in the pipeline, it's waiting to get delivered, it's in the queue, uh, however you wanna put it. Um, so we're just all trying to work together, pack some kindness, pack some patience, we'll all figure tell, it out. Tell me, tell me the one stat that, that you've mentioned before, I think I know the numbers, but uh, 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 just the freight cost on like a trailer, truckload of freight, what it's, uh, what it was in recent months, uh, three, six months ago, and what you're having to pay today. We've, we look at our, I, I read the Wall Street Journal, and if you look at the articles in there, you know, they're saying it's the cost to move a container uh, overseas, and we, do, we deal in a lot of import product, uh, has gone up a minimum of four times. So if a container used to cost $1,700 to move, from overseas to here, we've seen rates around $9,000 and, and all that stuff, it, it's, it's packed in there, it's in there somewhere. And uh, there's a container shortage. There are all kinds of issues with logistics. And uh, we've got a great team in Ohio uh, with, with, with Oval that helps us work through that. Uh, we just, as I shared with you earlier, we took delivery on some product that had been 
here stateside since uh, July 23rd, yep. and it just arrived uh, yesterday. So it's, I don't know where it went on vacation, but I hope it had a good time. You know? Two months, two months, 30 two, miles away. Two months, and that, 30 miles away. Yes, sir. That's crazy. But the one thing you did say, 1,700, not too many months ago, right. 9,000 now. That's the same same X amount of pallets, same X amount of, of pounds of paper. And uh, you're well, that's closer to like five times as much. But you're, that money's got to go somewhere. And people say, well, why is the price so high? Why can't I get it? All these things add up. So, so I think... Uh, what I just wanted you to explain a little bit about what's going on in the in the uh, in the world and in the, in the industry because uh, I know you're getting you're getting the calls. You used to say people used to say, "What's my price? When can you get it?" <laughs> now they're saying, "Almost. I don't care about the price. How come I don't have it? Where is it? Where is it? Yeah. Where is it?" So we work with that all the time, and and we understand because our customers have got people leaning on them, trying to say, "Where is this product?" Um, I know some districts that what they're doing now is if they were getting their product from their warehouse delivered out to the individual campus, what they're doing is they're asking those campuses, and do you really need it? I mean, if you're ordering 120 cases, can I send you 40 right now from the warehouse? And, you know, call me when you're down to your last five or 10, because, again, everybody just needs to be prudent and be thoughtful about how they're ordering product. There's a, we'll make it all through together. I mean, there's, there's products out there. Okay. But uh, we just got to have some patience and work with each other. Yeah, very, very good information because, I mean, just just the the, the addition, the, the the stacking of all these different things, the industry, the pandemic things that happened. Now we're on the backside seeing the results of a lot of these kind of stoppages of manufacturing, no students, things like that. So uh, so I, I, I like the I like the title. And actually, you get the credit, Joe. You said pack a bucket of patience. So that's going to be. The, uh, the the title of this and uh, and then the uh, little subtitle might be be kind. I know we all me and me included probably I'm the worst, but we all get caught up in day to day and and you focus on what you have to do and and uh, some of these things you just have to say this is what's happening in the world. I didn't change it. Joel didn't change it. Oval Bosworth, uh, you know any of your your various mills didn't change it. It's just something that happened uh, with this. Uh, with this pandemic and uh, it's something we're going to have to work through. But if I remember your, your time, it's not going to be cleared tomorrow. It's not going to be cleared next month or it's even 60 or to 90 days probably. No. I, and I think, I mean, if we come back, if you say, Hey, where is this? When am I going to get this product? If we come back and we say, we don't know, the answer is really, truly, we don't know. Uh, the mill may not have an answer for us because of whatever they're walking through. They're trying to make sure they've got workers. They're trying to make sure they've got, chemicals, pulp material to make products. So um, I think this is going to be something that's going to evolve. It's going to evolve through the next several months, maybe into the middle of next year. But um, if we all just take it one day at a time, I know it's trite, but it's well, a cliche, but it's true. I think, uh, yeah. And again, you deal with a lot of the, the, the other governmental cities, counties, things like that. But in the school business, I think it's something probably this year is going to be a challenge pretty much throughout the academic year. And again, we're just at the beginning of the academic year. So, so uh, just have a little patience, understand this is not a, this is not an isolated incident. This is not a regional incident. Uh, the, the, these uh, effects and, and items and issues are happening uh, industry wide. And uh, it's just something we're going to have to, uh, 
ask for a little bit of patience. Uh, and, and again, I know you guys, and I'm sure some of the other companies are probably just as, as diligent and, and hardworking, but you've been extremely communicative. You've, you've always brought the information to us. I'm sure you're doing that with all the customers. Uh, you're trying to get, obviously trying to get the best price you can for them. Uh, but it's just one of those things when you have somebody saying, I don't want your business, you, you, as, as, a, as, as you being wanting to buy something from a, a manufacturer or someone upstream and wanting to sell it downstream, it just doesn't, it just doesn't, doesn't register with, with trying to sell a product. But uh, I think people are at that point, which are very, very unique points that people aren't used to even seeing or hearing or are not even existing in the marketplace. So there's a lot of strange things going on, but again, I think, uh, you know, barring nothing crazy happening with the new strain or new pandemic or whatever, uh, probably looking at least spring, probably later next year before uh, you could use the word a sense of normalcy or use a phrase, seeing a little more of a sense of normalcy in some of the supply chains and some of the availabilities and productions and things like that in the paper business. Is that kind of accurate? Yeah, I would say so. We've got, I know of um, three different domestic mills that are expanding their production. Um, they're, they're reactivating, they're, they're firing up machines that perhaps were in mothballs and they're, and, they're, and they're getting those ready to go, but that's not an overnight thing. I mean, if they started this process, I know one mill started the process about a month ago and they'll be operational uh, in December. And we've already been told that a lot of that production's already sold. So it's just kind of one of those things that we just keep working through it. And I'm very uh, thankful that an organization like Oval has got great suppliers that can step in and they can help us out. And uh, it'll, it'll all work. But I think we're going to be in this probably till the middle of next year. The freight issues, some of the stuff they're talking about a year or so out. And I don't even, I don't want to even think about that. Yeah. Okay. Well, well, thanks for that review of the marketplace. Yeah. These are crazy times we're living in. The pandemic's done a lot of uh, weird weird things to us and uh, actually put a lot of people on their heels, uh, not only from uh, uh, production, taking, what is it, half a million tons, 535,000 tons, about the five, that many pallets out of the market, freight issues, all that type stuff. So let's just uh, ask for a little bit of patience with the, uh, with the customers. And I just wanted to say, do you have any final parting words, Joe, or a little bit of advice? I'm always here to answer questions, I, I always try to make myself available for the membership. Um, all my contact information is on the website. My cell phone's on there. Feel free to to get a hold of me or anybody at part of my customer service team uh, at our at our office. We'd be happy to help you out and provide you whatever information that, that that you're looking for. So if you call me and it goes to voicemail, I'll just circle back. Okay. Great. I really appreciate you coming in taking time out of your day to come in and, and kind of give us some information that we can put on the podcast and, and broadcast out. And uh, I think you have a, a, a good rest of the day, Joe. And I just want to say to everybody, tune in to our next choice chat, It'll probably be in about a month and uh, have a good day. Thank you for joining us today. If you'd like more information about Choice Partners, go to www.choicepartners.org.